the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. This crowd that Jesus is speaking to, he says, My word, words have no place in you. That phrase, no place in the Greek, it means to go forward or to advance or to proceed. What Jesus is saying is, my my word doesn't advance with you. It goes nowhere with you. My word goes nowhere with you. You know, Abraham believed what God said despite the circumstances. And Jesus says, my word goes nowhere with you. Jesus had a hard truth to share with the crowd he encountered in today's passage. These people were proud of their heritage. They clung to their statues as children of Abraham. It was the bedrock of how they viewed their relationship with God. Yet, as Pastor Dan will point out, Jesus called them out and told them they weren't truly Abraham's sons and daughters. They may have been related by blood, but spiritually, they were far from him and the faith relationship he had with God. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 8 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Jehovah, and he identifies himself as Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face and, and, you know, in worship, and God talked with him. God appeared to him. God spoke with him. God talked to him, saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you, And you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. And I will make nations of you. And kings shall come from you, including the king of kings, Jesus Christ. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Also, I give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And and he goes on here. And so here, now God appears once again to Abram, changes his name to Abraham, and makes a covenant and promises Abraham, that he would be the father of many, that nations would descend from him and kings would come from him. Now, at this point, he's 99 years old and 
he and his wife, Sarah, have no children at all. Uh, Sarah has, was unable to conceive children. Uh, so she had no children. And uh, at this point, she's 89 years old. He's, you know, he's 99 years old. He's almost 100. Uh, and yet God makes this promise to Abraham that from him would come many nations. Elsewhere, he says, you know, your descendants are going to be like the stars of the sky. They're going to be like the sand on the, on the seashore, you know, just too numerous to number. And Abraham believed the promise of God. He believed what God said. Now, I want to show you one more. Turn over to chapter 18. To me, I, I think this is the best, <laughs> the best example here. And I, in, in my opinion, uh, when Jesus is talking about his appearance to Abraham in John chapter 8, I think he's thinking of Genesis 18, this appearance, and how Abraham responded when, he, when the Lord appeared to him here in chapter 18. Verse 1 Then the Lord, again, that's Jehovah, appeared to him by the terebinth trees of Mamre as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. It was interesting when you go to these places like Shechem, you go to Mamre, where the tent was set up, where Abraham's camp was set up. Those sites are still today considered sacred sites. Thousands of years those sites have been held as sacred, and they, they didn't build anything over top those sites except for churches. So there's ruins of churches there. But they didn't build buildings. And some of these, like, you know, Mamre, it's in a city. So you have, like, just this vacant lot in the middle of the town. Why? Because people know God appeared there. The Lord appeared there to Abraham. Sacred ground. So they don't build anything there. Even today. Even today. So the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth trees of Mamre as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. So here's Abraham, you know, he's just hanging out, sitting on the front porch of his tent kind of thing, passing the day, and the Lord God appears to him. (laughs) So he lifted his eyes and he looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. So it was the Lord God and it was two angels we know from later in the story. And when he saw them, look at his response. He ran from the tent door to meet them. He bowed himself to the ground before them and said, My Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass by uh, your servant. Please let a little water be brought. Wash your feet. Rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring you, notice what he says, I'll bring you a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. After that, you can continue your journey. And as much as you have come to your servant, and they said, do as you have said. So he sees the Lord God walking, and he runs out, greets him, invites him into his tent, and says, God, can you just stop for a little? Can you just stay, be refreshed, take a break from your journey? I'll, just, I'll feed you a little morsel of bread, I'll make you a little snack, and then you can continue on. Your journey. And this is, this is Bedouin hospitality. This is Middle Eastern hospitality. That's what they would do. You see somebody passing by, you invite them in to your home. You know, I was, uh, when we were in Israel last time, our tour guide that we, uh, that we use, Andre, uh, he is an Arab Christian, and he grew up in Nazareth. One of the things he was telling me on the trip is his, his dad recently re- retired. And so his dad spends the, his day just sitting on his front porch, 
uh, watching the day go by, but anytime somebody walks by, his dad invites the person into the house for a meal, which is now a burden on his mom, you know, who this guy's at work all that usually, and now that he's not at work anymore, now he's inviting all these strangers into the house for food to eat, you know. So that's kind of what Abraham does here. You know, he, invite, he invites the Lord God and these two angels in. And he's not just give you a little morsel, a little morsel of bread, make you just a little snack, then you can go on your way. Look at verse 6. So Abraham hurried into the tent of Sarah and said, Quickly, make ready three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes. You know, so he goes in the tent and says, Quick, bake some cakes. The Lord's here. God's here. You know, make some bread. And Abraham ran to the herd, and look, he took a tender and good calf. He, he, he slaughters a cow, a calf, and gave it to a young man, and he hastened to prepare it. This is not just some little morsel of bread. He, he's preparing a huge feast, a huge celebration. Why? Because God's there. God has appeared to him. And he's not just like defra- defrosting a pack of hot dogs, and they all just cook them in the microwave. Just give me five minutes, and I'll have something for you. No, I mean, he, they're baking bread, they're making cakes, they're slaughtering a calf. They're roasting that over a fire. How, how long does that take? And how many hours are we talking about here to prepare this meal? That he said, just a little morsel, so then you can continue on your journey. Verse 8, so he took butter and milk and the calf which he had prepared, and he set it before them. And notice what it says. And he stood by them under the tree as they ate. Now, this, was, this is also, this is Middle Eastern Bedouin hospitality. You invite somebody into your house. You provide them the best of what you have, and then you stand. They stand next to the table to serve their guest. They won't sit down unless the guest invites them to sit, because they're there to serve the guest, right? So that's why he's standing there, to serve the Lord, you know? He puts on this big spread, this big feast for the Lord when the Lord appeared to him. The Lord appeared to Abraham. Abraham received God joyfully. He welcomed God. He blessed God. He believed God, what God said to him. He obeyed God when God said, leave Ur the Chaldees, leave your hometown and go to a place I'm going to tell you where to go once you go. Even though you're 75 years old, he obeyed. He went. Without a lot of the details filled in, he went. So now go back to John chapter 8. Jesus said to the crowd now, he said, you're not Abraham's children because you don't do what Abraham did when God appeared to him. You seek to kill me. Abraham didn't do that. And again, what is Jesus implying here? He's implying that he is God, that he is God that appeared to Abraham. And when God appeared to Abraham, Abraham received him. Abraham invited him in. Abraham was uh, joyous. Abraham cooked him dinner and made a big feast for him and celebrated. Abraham worshipped, made an altar, bowed down before him. When God appeared to you, Jesus says, you seek to kill him. You're not Abraham's children. Look down at verse 56 of John chapter 8. Look at what Jesus says there. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Abraham rejoiced to see my day when Jesus appeared to him in Mamre. Jesus showed up at his tent. 
Abraham was happy to receive him, celebrate him. Look at verse 57. Then the Jews said to him, you're not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And he uses that Old Testament covenant name for God from Exodus chapter 3. And he says, yes, you know, I have seen Abraham. Because I am. I'm, I'm Jehovah. And they understood what he said because verse 59, they took up stones to throw at him. They tried to kill him for declaring that he is God. Abraham rejoiced to see my day. Uh, Abraham received me. You reject me. You're not spiritual children of Abraham. Physical children, yes. Spiritual children, no way. Abraham received God when God appeared to him. He received him into his house and celebrated him. But this crowd is plotting how they might kill him. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Plus, Abraham believed the Word of God by faith when God told Abraham that he would have children and that he would have you know, many nations that would come from him. Even though Abraham was 99 years old and his wife was unable to conceive children, Abraham, we're told, still believed the promises of God and it was accounted to him as righteousness his faith, and God's word. He believed God's word. In fact, listen to what it says about Abraham in Romans chapter 4. You don't have to turn there, but Romans chapter 4, verse 18, it says of Abraham, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken by God, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he promised, what God promised, he was able to perform. And therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Abraham, as I said, he was almost 100 years old. Sarah was 90 years old. She was barren her entire life. It says at this point now, at, at their age, it describes it says his body was dead. Sarah's womb was dead. And what, it, you know, what it's saying is that at, at, at his age, uh, they were physically unable to do what was necessary to make a baby. You know what I mean? And yet, even so, Abraham didn't waver at the promise of God. He was fully convinced that God would perform what God promised. That's why Abraham's called the father of faith. And what Jesus says here to the crowd, how does the crowd respond to Jesus' words? Well, look at verse 37. 
He says, my words have no place in you. Abraham believed what God said to him. Even though there were so many physical barriers and obstacles from it coming to pass, but he still believed what God said to him. And this crowd that Jesus is speaking to, he says, my word, words have no place in you. That phrase, no place in the Greek, it means to go forward or to advance or to proceed. What Jesus is saying is, my, my word doesn't advance with you. It goes nowhere with you. My word goes nowhere with you. You know, Abraham believed what God said despite the circumstances. And Jesus says, my word goes nowhere with you. Look down at verse 45. Jesus says, but because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. I tell you the truth and you don't believe me. So they're not, they're not the spiritual children of Abraham. Because when God spoke to Abraham, Abraham believed by faith. When God spoke to this crowd, they didn't believe. A spiritual child of Abraham will receive God joyfully and will believe God's word. So now look at verse 41. Verse 41. Jesus just told this crowd that they are not the children of Abraham. Physical descendants, yes. Spiritual descendants, no. Abraham's not your spiritual father. You're nothing like Abraham. And they are so offended by this. This crowd is so offended by what Jesus just said to them about Abraham not being their father that they responded with a personal attack against Jesus. Look at verse 41. Then they said to him, Well, we were not born of fornication. We have one father. God, we were not born of fornication, meaning Jesus, you were born of fornication. And what are they referring to here? Well, remember Mary, the mother of Jesus, right? She conceived the child Jesus in her womb of the Holy Spirit while she was still a virgin, right? In fulfillment of the prophecy in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14 Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's, that's Jesus. He's God with us. He's God incarnate, God in human flesh. So Mary was a virgin when she conceived the child miraculously. And the the statement that they make now in verse 41, saying, we were not born of of fornication, tells us that all those years later, all those years later, there's still a lot of people around who never believed Mary's story. That thought she just made this whole thing up to cover her sin. And really that child, Jesus, was conceived in fornication. out Out of wedlock. As a result of sexual immorality. And at this point now, they're so offended, they throw that in his face. And these are the same people that back in verse 30 are described as believers in him. <laughs> but now they've pushed his button. They've put, he's pushed their buttons to the point that they say, well, well we weren't born of fornication. You're, you're going to tell us that Abraham's not our father? You're going to tell us we're not the legitimate children of Abraham? You're going to tell us we're illegitimate? 
You, you got no room to talk, bro. You were born a fornication. You don't even know who your dad is. We know who our dad is. Our father is God. And you, you can imagine the crowd at that point going, ooh, right? I mean, come on. They just insulted Jesus. They just insulted Jesus' mother and her morality, her reputation. And those are, those are fighting words, right? I, I, I expect the next verse to say, you know, then Jesus said, Peter, hold my tunic. You know, like, <laughs> I'm about to get Old Testament God on these people, you know? <laughs> but look what it says. Look what it says. Jesus did not respond to the insult. In fact, he just ignored their insult. That's a pretty heavy insult. And he just ignored it. You know, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 16 says, A fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. Jesus is wise and he stays calm when he's insulted. Now, he's insulted. I mean, it's an insulting, outrageous thing to say to him. But he just doesn't respond to it. You know, you, you don't have to respond when someone insults you. You don't have to be outraged. You don't have to strike back, even though you may want to. But, you know, we're told the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And Jesus here demonstrates a lot of self-control. And he just ignores the insult. And so they, they say, well, hey, we weren't born of fornication, meaning you were. And then they say, we have one father, God. So now they make their third claim here. And they claim that God is their father. And Jesus refutes that in verse 42. He says, if God were your father, <clears throat> you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. He said, if God were your father, you would what? What does it say? Love me. A child of God loves Jesus. A child of God loves Jesus. How, how can you tell when someone is a child of God? How can you tell uh, who, who, who their father is? They'll love Jesus. They'll love Jesus. child of God loves Jesus. That's how you know. Now, if a person says they're a child of God, but they don't, they don't love Jesus, they're not a child of God. Now, the, the commonly held opinion in our culture today is that everyone is a child of God. doesn't matter who you are or what you believe or what you say or what you think. We're all children of God. But that's, that's not true. That's not true. Now, here's what is true. The Bible says that we are all created by God. And the Bible says that we are all made in his image, every person. And the Bible says that God loves everyone, or God loved the whole world, that he sent his only begotten son. Now that's, that's true, but it's only the person who loves Jesus Christ and who embraces Jesus as Lord and Savior, only that person can become a child of God. Truer than the finest crystal 
That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. Thanks for joining Pastor Dan as he continued his verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the book of 1 John. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you'll be able to find it on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes so you never miss an edition of this program. Every time we post something new, you'll be notified. We'd love to hear from you, too, and learn how Ring of Truth has impacted your life. Please take some time soon to give us a call at 410-491-4592. Please let us know how we can be praying for you, too. And if God's doing something wonderful, we'd love to rejoice with you. That number again to reach us is 410-491-4592. Do you live in the Baltimore, Washington area? If so, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. Find out more at our website. One more time, that's calvaryec.com. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Tune in next time to learn more from the book of 1 John with Pastor Dan, right here on Ring of Truth.